My name is Brianna, and I welcome you to the Tales of Adventure, a D&D podcast like no other. Hello, my name is Ryan Michael Beans, and I play Jeffica Simpson, or Jeff, on the Know Your Role podcast, the people's D&D podcast. We are a 5e real play podcast that releases episodes every other Friday. Jeff wraps himself in his leather duster and basically just barrel rolls right through the window does uh, two little somersaults, pops up, arm on the bar. Well, hello. <laughs> oh, you must be Jeff, correct? Uh, yeah. Hi. Hello. Nice to meet you. Who are you? My name is Estrada. I know your friend, Frederick. I met him here a few days ago. I figured he described your habit of bursting through the windows. Oh, you met Relic? Yes, he's a very interesting fellow. Oh, man. You probably know everything. That guy shares way too much. I don't know your side of the story. For a drink? Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, bartender, uh, shot and a beer, please. Right, it goes on my tab. Oh, thank you. So, where are you from? Uh, I'm from a small town. You've probably never heard of it. It's uh, it's called Ferndon. It's outside the uh, Trollbark Forest. Really? I've been by there once. It's been a long time, but I didn't know where that is. Yeah, it's a small, humble town, mostly elves. So I was actually uh, adopted by elves. I was found in the middle of a field outside the Trollbach Forest, and my parents, uh, Ashfordan and Lilith, uh, took me in, and that's that's been my story. Very kind of them. Unfortunately, not everyone sees a baby tiefling and takes it in. Uh, yeah, there was definitely, uh, I was definitely looked at differently in the town that I grew up. It's, uh, like I said, mostly elves, and then you just got a little, little devil-looking guy running around. It's not great. I knew another tiefling. She grew up in a town where there were none. She was raised by humans. It's an interesting time. Did not get along well with her siblings. Uh, you know, it really, it really was. Uh, so I was an only child. I believe probably, looking back, I'm guessing my parents probably took me in and adopted me because they probably wanted kids but couldn't have any. So, you know, next best thing. There are worse to adopt a child. <laughs> True. So how long did you live there? Uh, I lived there until I was about 19 years old. I used to work with my father as a... Uh, a window installer slash window repairman. So we would travel from town to town fixing people's windows. So I lived there about till 19 where I left the whole entire city behind. How did you leave? <sighs> Man, you're not a cop, are you? You have to tell me if you're a cop. Oh no, of course not. You don't need to worry. Okay. All right, excellent. Well, this is sort of a, this is a sad story, but... When I was 19, I met Shirlene, the love of my life. And unfortunately, she was 
killed mere hours before we were supposed to get married. Sorry to hear that. She was the only person that I really liked in that town, and with her gone, I just, I, I couldn't, I was absolutely devastated. I couldn't stay there any longer. Do you even begin to imagine how terrible that must have been? You know, it's kind of been a, it's kind of been a theme throughout my life is those close to me die. So I left, I left Ferndon and I set out to become an assassin. Interesting career choice. Yeah, so I'm a very, very terrible assassin. I actually went out, I took three contracts in my very short career as an assassin. And frankly, I ended up becoming good friends with every single one of them. That makes sense knowing you. People are people are complicated, you know? I know this guy wanted him dead and was willing to pay me for it. But when I got there and I had to I had sort of a plan to sort of get in with them and make them trust me and then I would, you know, then I would kill them. But you know, they all won me over and they were very nice people. Unfortunately, they all end up dying on me. Every single one of them. Perhaps someone else also got the contract. Well, I mean, I collected on all of them because I, I figured eh, they're dead. I had a contract on them, so I don't really know what happened. You know, we don't need to go into that. But again, it's just just a over and over. Just people I get close to end up dying. And then until I met my new group of friends, it was just nothing but loss. And I'm afraid to get too close to these people because, again, I'm afraid they're all going to die just like everybody else has. But we've had, a, we've had a pretty good run so far. Also, from what I know, your friends seem rather resourceful. And you have some sort of benefactors helping protect you. Perhaps you can actually let yourself get close to these. Uh, perhaps. You know, I do feel it's funny. So, growing up, I had absolutely no idea about my powers, about any of, like, the things that made me a tiefling, that made me... A warlock just absolutely no clue i would i never i never learned it until i actually started fighting with these guys they sort of like started to bring it out of me because i want to protect them see these guys i'm usually the clueless one in the crowds i run with and unfortunately this probably doesn't bode well for our party but i am the smartest one in this group i think i mean we have my good friend neko who is just fresh from the woods i mean she has Absolutely no idea what's going on. Very resourceful, I will give her that. But I basically we have to we have to basically teach her almost everything <laughs> that we come into contact with. She can't read, she doesn't know what anything is. And then we have Gorlax, my good friend. He is a mammoth of a person, but he is like a he's like a basically a, a giant child. I love him to death, but you know, sometimes you gotta you gotta ring him in and kind of tell him to calm down so it's like i almost feel like as much as i don't know what's going on i kind of feel like their dad maybe not their dad maybe like a cool uncle you're the dad friend <laughs> sooner you accept it the better you're the dad friend not always a bad thing yeah not always i think i just have to you know i think i have to really step into that role i've kind of been uh pushing it away denying that role one more, please. Uh, thank you. 
more do you try and avoid it, the more they'll tend to slammer it onto you. Yeah, you're right. But you know what? I love them, and I'm determined not to let them die. Not this time. And I imagine they're also determined to not let you die, either. Eh, I think they could go either way on me, you know? <laughs> oh, what makes you say that? You know, I, I don't know. I think, uh, recently I've kind of felt, a, I felt like a darkness building up inside me. So recently I, I just found out that I can evoke weapons in my hands just from nowhere. That's a very useful trick. It's a very useful trick. As soon as I started doing it, though, I started hearing this, like, creepy voice in my head. And now I just feel like this, like, little, like, just like like a ball of fire in the pit of my stomach. And I don't know what it is. And so it's, like, really starting to scare me. I don't really know what's going on. You say you're the warlock, correct? Yes. Do you know who your patron is? See... People have asked me that question. I don't know what a patron is. I have no idea what that even means. Most warlocks have made a deal of some sort with a powerful entity. Not quite the god, although sometimes it can be a god. And that's where they get their powers. Uh-huh. Man, maybe... Th so that's probably who's in my head. But do you remember no such deal? No, I don't. I can't help but wonder if perhaps you didn't make the deal, but your parents did. Your birth parents. Ones who left you. Yeah, see, I don't I don't even know what to make of this. I need to I need to figure it out. I need to figure it out somehow. Yes, because you not knowing the details of the deal could lead to some very, very awkward situations. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. Well, you know, enough about the the growing darkness inside of me. <laughs> let's move on. Yes, let's just ignore that and hope it goes away, because that never ends poorly. That always goes well. That's what people from Ferndon do. They ignore their problems. How well does that work for them? <laughs> Not great. We can move on, though. I'm curious to hear the rest of your tale from Trellick told me your group has recently made friends with a larger organization. I was wondering, what do you think of all that? Uh, yes, so we have actually recently partnered with a, another organization. Uh, they wanted us to join, but we kind of like doing our own thing. They are the Whispering Blades. And... Um, and I believe my good friend Gorlax mistakenly called them the Slippery Swords, and we decided to actually adopt that as our name because it, it really stuck. It was, we just loved it. Wonderful name. What? Well, yeah, I mean, we were said, you know what, this is too good. We have to form this clan right now, and it's over. So we've entered into a partnership between the Slippery Swords and the Whispering Blades. You know, they have the resources that we need to sort of carry out these missions. And we're actually, I believe we just finished our first mission for them. And so we're fighting this organization called the Pillars. Much about the Pillars. We actually just met the first Pillar, and she was quite a handful. So we actually, let's, let's actually backtrack. When I first met Gorlax, Neko, and Relic... We all ended up, we all got a letter 
a, just a random letter that said they were recruiting us for this mission. Now, come to find out, we end up going into a swamp. We end up fighting a giant ogre wearing a brown vest. And we end up killing this ogre. We meet this guy named Billups. I'm sure he told you about Billups. Do not trust Billups. Yes, I've been warned. Multiple times. You've been warned about Billups? Okay, cool, cool, cool. Frog, Magogol, Galoshes, run for the hills. Apparently he's incredibly dangerous. I just know him as a liar, but I've been told he's like one of the most powerful people in the entire world. Eh, we'll see. That's odd coming from a frog, but then again, I for one note that never judge things by their appearance. Again, yeah, it's it's tough. So, okay, here's where it gets freaky. We come to find out that we have been in some sort of time loop for who knows how long. So we've been stuck in this time loop where we go through this mission, this exact mission that we've gone through, and we fail. And we start right from the beginning again. So obviously hearing this like really throws us for a loop, completely freaks us out. Freak most people out. Yeah, and so now, knowing this, we're just trying to get to the end of it and hope that we don't have to just start over again. How in the world did you end up in a time loop like that? I wish I could tell you. I really wish I could tell you. One day, I'm sitting there with my old best friend. He dies. I get this letter. I go meet these people. And apparently, I've been doing this for maybe forever. Who knows? How long is the time loop? Has the time loop been my entire life? I don't know. It's really freaky. It really messes with you. That definitely explains why I got such a bad headache when I first came here. Time distortions make me sick, literally. It's too much. I mean, who could ever know? And then people are just going to pretend like they do know? It's a whole racket. You're not able to remember anything or anything that you did in past loops. No, absolutely not. So I basically, I only know my life as it happened. So to be told that, and again, this could also be false, but to be told that I've been, that I've done this same thing over and over and over and over again, I can't even remember how many times they told me. Someone told me that they witnessed us do it like, at least 50 times. I mean, that's freaky. That is strange, because whoever or whatever set up this time loop obviously wants you to succeed, but you think they would have some way of telling you what you've done in the past that didn't work, so you're not just doing the exact same thing over and over. That's what I'm saying. It would be great if I lived through all of those experiences, so I could at least say, hey... It would have been really cool to know that I could do all these spells the first time, or this last time, from the beginning. See? It just messes you up. Time loops are terrible. That's what they are, but the great wonder has to be a really good reason, because that's not easy. You know, it's just, you know, it, it's the fact that I guess there is some comfort in knowing that I won't know if this just ends and I have to start over again. You know, at least I won't know. But also, I just keep dying over and over and over again. And then what if this isn't the last time and I die and then it's just over? 
and I can't find the man who killed my wife, and I don't find my patron. Like, uh, what do I do? Kind of already about that. If you're already about that, you will turn into a small pile of existential dread on the floor right in front of me. And I've seen that before. It's not fun to watch. Okay, I'm sorry. I've had about I've had about three beers and a shot since I got here. I'm really I'm really starting to go off the rails here. I'm sorry. It's all right. You're dealing with a lot, but all you can do is look forward, find a way to stay alive, find a way to not fall prey to whether well. How do you not fall prey to whatever mistakes you made before? Have you any idea how long the loop lasts? Or no, it's not. That's not a good way of describing it. People have seen you do things before, yes? Yes. I want to say, I can't quite remember, but I want to say that we have progressed further than we ever have. So this iteration of the time loop has been the most successful so far. Okay, so there's some bigger end goal someone is trying to help you reach. It would seem that they believe that you may be the only ones who can do it. So they're going to keep resetting things until you succeed. Ah, then it's possible. Then it's possible. And I hope they can keep doing that, but, you know... We'll see. My main mission here, get friends out of this alive, finish this mission with the slippery swords, help the whispering blades, destroy the pillars. I've seen firsthand that the pillars are very tough and very evil, so we got to do something about them. That much I know is true. Oh, for sure. Somewhat random question, but ever made any attempts to find your birth parents? You know what? I haven't. I don't know why. I suppose... I guess I assumed they were either dead or they didn't want me. You know? Or perhaps they're back in whatever plane your family hails from and you were left there for a reason. Man, you are... Are you a therapist? (laughs) Is this what you do? Do you just travel around... Giving people therapy all around the all around the realm. It wasn't my intention, but it's what usually ends up happening. My gosh, I've been around a lot. I've traveled a lot, but I still have no idea what the hell is going on in the nine hells most of the time. So, place gets confusing. Very true. Like, do you want to be pen pals after this? I mean, I feel like you know, I feel like you could really help me going forward. Oh. Perhaps now that you have a place to start and you have your friends, you can start piecing things together. No such will be learning in the next few days or a few weeks. It has a strange way of leading you to what you need to know. When mm. you need to know it. Yes. You know, I'm still very young. I only just realized, you know, what my past means and... Or even started to realize what my past means. So, you know, I think I'm just going to let the... I think I'm just going to plow ahead. I got my friends. That's really all I need. I think the rest will show itself as uh, as time goes on. You're looking to find the person who killed the woman you love. Oh, absolutely. I will find that motherfucker one day. What did he do? I'm not sure what he did, but I saw him fleeing my fiance's bridal suite as I saw her lay dead. 
We had kind of been rivals. He was like a he was a he was a tiefling warlock from like another school, and we always kind of butted heads. And frankly, I really, really didn't think it would ever get to this. You know, we were we were we were rivals. Like you're a rival with someone in school or in the neighborhood. I didn't think we were at kill bride level, and I have not seen him since. Are you sure he was the one who did it, or maybe he fled because he found it and then you arrived very angry? Oh, I know he did. Trust me. I know he did it. And that's all I have to say about that. How do you know? Because as I went to Shirlene's body, I picked her up, and with her last breath, she said, Cotton-Eyed Joe. And that was this man's name. He's a man with an eye patch, and we called him Cotton-Eyed Joe. I'm facepalming right now. <laughs> I personally facepalm. I, I said it once, I said it a thousand times. If it hadn't been for Cotton-Eyed Joe, I'd been married long time ago. I guess that's one way to know for sure. I wish you luck in finding him, because that seems very uncalled for what he did. Incredibly. So, what are you and your friends up to now? Well, I'm off on a break. You know, I couldn't really sleep. Everyone's uh, everyone's off asleep right now. Like I said, we just ran into the the first pillar, the first step in toppling the pillars. We went into this huge maze, and we had to use computers and controllers to to move around these rooms and and match them up so that we could move on to the next room. And then we found the first pillar named Pippin. It was a very, very tough fight. I actually, I went down, I blacked out for a second. I came to once the, once the fight was over, you know, I got my licks in, but you know, my friends thankfully finished the fight without me. And luckily we were able to defeat her. And she alluded to that there's much, much more than what meets the eye. Of course there is. I mean, why wouldn't there be, you know? So yeah, we basically just finished that. We're fresh off of that. And, you know, I just had to I had to pop in here for a beer. And wow. I'm really, really glad I met you. This is uh, this is this, this is really this is really cathartic. I really needed this. Really process my emotions. We've just been going like I haven't had a chance to just like sit down. And like think about like what is all going on. It's just been one thing to the next, one thing to the next. Uh, you know, it's uh it's been really good for my mental health to just like sit here and have a beer with you. It's a big part of why I travel around and I find people in bars who look like they're about to have a mental or an emotional breakdown, and I'm like, hey, you do look like you could use someone to talk to. What's your story? I'll get the drinks. Oh man, well yeah, really, really appreciate it. How many pillars are there? You know? You know what? I don't even know. I'm assuming there are four. But I wouldn't be surprised. You know, this is a very shady, shifty organization. I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if there was, like, some surprise fifth or sixth pillar. You know what I'm saying? That would be really relatively part for the course. But do the Whispering Blades not know anything? No, you know what? That's actually why I was a big proponent of not, like, just blindly joining the Whispering Blades. Because these, these assholes don't know anything. You know, they just tell me, oh, they're the pillars, and they knew about Billups. And that's it. 
we basically had to figure everything out for him. And I was like, okay, so you know these guys are your biggest enemies. You know how powerful they are. I mean, I guess that maybe proves how powerful they are, but it's like, you can't tell us anything about the pillars. So we're learning this all for the first time. We're basically giving them the intel. Perhaps it's just hard to find information on them, and you've just been lucky. Or maybe a residual memory from past leaps is leading your instincts? Let's not get into that. It gets very complicated. Way too complicated. Uh, one more, Berkey. Thank you. Or you're drunk enough to even begin that conversation. <laughs> yeah, tell ya. So, yeah, we, we still don't know much. We've only figured, and of course, you know, Pippin wasn't very forthcoming with any of the information that we were trying to get out of her, so. Of course, most people are not forthcoming with the people torturing them. You know what's really weird is, have you ever had this, you know, you have to fight someone, someone's clearly evil, but they're like a child, but they're like a super evil child. Maybe Relic told Relic had a real hard time one time killing this child Malone. But he was basically a, a nec necromancer. Yeah, he was basically a necromancer. And, you know, this kid was clearly very evil. Okay, and kid, he's like 15, 16 years old. He's corrupted. We all really wanted to kill him. And we should have, but, you know, Relic talked us into not killing him, and then and he ended up killing, like, everybody on the train, and then revived them as zombies. Have you ever had to deal with that? Not on the train, but yes. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing with Pippin, is that Pippin, Pippin looked like a 16, 17-year-old girl, but she was, like, 200 years old. So we had to keep, like, we had to keep in our minds, like, okay, this is not a child. This is not a teenager. This woman is 200 years old. We have to kill her. Yes, I imagine that's going to make things rather interesting, defeating the rest of them. I, mean, I, had, I had no problem with it. I, I, I burned Malone the first chance I got. Well, I guess the second chance I got, because I let Relic talk me out of the first one. But, you know, you live and you learn. Yes, and it's, it's better to not immediately kill a child and have them not actually be evil than to immediately kill them and have us not actually be an evil child <laughs> yeah i guess i guess so i understand i understand what he's saying but i suppose if, if the roles had been reversed then i'd be the bad guy in this situation so you know i've stopped i've stopped giving relic any crap for that and he's got quite a lot to learn but he seems to be coming along pretty well with understanding what it means to be oh i use the term human very very lightly yeah, I think, you know, bless bless his little heart. He's only really been sentient for, like, two years. So he's, like, still very new to life in general. Like, again, like, we have all these, like, we have me who just didn't even know he was a tiefling warlock for the longest time. Didn't know I had any powers. We have a giant fighting baby. And then we have, basically, two people who are brand new to society. It's It's a very... You know, we got, really got to stay on our toes with these guys. Well, perhaps it will be a good way to learn the world, and at the very least, it makes you harder to predict. That is true. Uh, you may want to make yourself scarce. The tavern owner is coming with a guard. I don't think he likes how you came in through the window. Did, uh, okay. Yeah, actually, you know what? I'm getting pretty drunk, and I did break that window when I came in. Surprised it took him this long to catch on to me. Uh, 
I'm going to go ahead and slip out the other window real quick. Listen, it was so good talking to you. It's a pleasure meeting you as well. Hopefully we'll meet again sometime. I really do because like this was like th- this really meant a lot to me. Like I really got a lot off my chest. I got a lot to think about going this. Oh, oh, here he comes. Okay, I got to go. Bye. As he comes out, Mister, he's going to be like, came in that window and went out that one, pointing to the one you came in the first time. Hey guys, Brianna here with a quick message for all of you lovely members of the TTRPG community. We have a group of friends who needs your help. Go on Twitter and check out Homebrew Queens at at Homebrew Queens and see what you can do to help these lovely ladies bring their father back to the table. Let's show them what community is all about. Tales of Adventure is directed and produced by me, Brianna Toiber, as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network. The music is by Patrick Chester of Chester Studios. To see more of his work, visit his website at chesterstudios.net. Find out more about Pseudonym Social by visiting our website at pseudonymsocial.wordpress.com. If you like what I'm doing and would like to support this podcast, please go to patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and choose one of the tiers connected to Tales of Adventure. You can also leave a review on iTunes to make our show easier to find for those who need it. Together, we are Multiclass Theater, a brand new actual play podcast. We tell collaborative stories in an original setting with colorful characters using Dungeons and Dragons 5th edition. Don't forget about our strange voices. Oh, well said, Groover. Ugh, Rotan, don't encourage him. I think you're all nuts. Multiclass Theater is available wherever you download your podcasts. I think that went pretty well. Yeah, we're done here. Let's go. So do we get paid now? You are all amazing. Now get out of my office.